Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Welcome to the 92nd episode of the Pulling Tart Podcast, everybody. As always, I'm your host, Bobby Kuhn. This week, we have Darren Vaught, play-by-play broadcaster, on-air talent, and podcast host for USA Baseball. He also serves as the play-by-play broadcaster for High Point University Men's Basketball. There will not be a new episode next week because I will be traveling for the holidays. The good thing is that there are 91 other great episodes in the catalog for you to enjoy and catch up on. If you want a shout out, super easy, drop a rating and comment on Apple Podcasts. That helps drive us up the charts and turns more people into members of the TARP crew. I know you guys listen on Spotify and a number of different apps and platforms, uh, but go ahead, drop a rating and comment on Apple Podcasts, please. In case you missed it, there is a designated Twitter account for the podcast, so go ahead and follow that at PullingTARPPod. That's where you can find all up-to-date news about the Pulling Tart Podcast and reach out about becoming a guest. That's where businesses can reach out as well to become sponsors. If you know somebody that owns a business um, and they want a podcast sponsor, uh, look no further. DM us. Um, You can also follow me on Twitter at It's R.A. Coon. That's I-T-S-R-A-C-O-O-N. Guys, we have merchandise now. We finally have merchandise. You can now get Pulling Tart Podcast stickers, coffee mugs, and wall art. You can find that on the Pulling Tart Podcast Twitter account on the link tree that I just made or on tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C.com. With that being said, let's chat with Darren Vaught. Darren, welcome on to the Pulling Tart Podcast. Super excited to have you on. Usually our guests work for one minor league team, but you are the voice behind USA Baseball. So can you kind of explain what your responsibilities are and what your schedule is like with them? Yeah, so uh, I'm I'm contracted with USA Baseball. Okay. so it's it's a, a little spotty. It's just like anything else I do broadcast-wise. It's sort of seasonal most of the time, although with USAB, we do a lot of year-round stuff. Currently, for instance, we're doing, uh, just like anybody has in the content creation world, doing things like you and I are doing yeah. via Zoom. And you record that. It's an interview of sorts. And we've developed a series called Off-Season Chatter. Oh, cool. Pumping a lot of those out prior to the holidays. It's sort of just catching up with alums and um, checking in on holiday plans and 
how this past year went for them, things like that. So yeah. in addition to native broadcasts, anything that they do here, and when I say here, I'm based in Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay. The USA Baseball National Training Complex is in Cary nearby. So oh, yeah. anything we do here, I will typically do play-by-play or host. We do some selection shows for certain showcase events that we do and, and that sort of thing. So uh, anytime any of the national teams are in town, uh, they host tournaments at the National Training Complex, which often need uh, need to be streamed and, sure. and that sort of thing. So uh, I've been with them, I guess my first summer was 2016 okay. with USA Baseball. And it started light, just like a lot of things, as I'm sure people can relate, It's it's it, they need one person to do a 12U Futures Invitational Tournament sure. and do play-by-play for streams, right? So, yeah. so we've got our fold-up table on the outside of the chain link fence down the first baseline, <laughs> a tent that's popped up. Uh, one day it got too windy, so I did games standing up, and I had a broadcast partner for one of them, Kyle, who <laughs> probably would get mad if I took all the credit for that because he was standing doing that a lot of the time too. Um, and then one thing leads to another. The next summer they're like, hey, the collegiate national team's going to be in town for a few weeks, and they're going to host the Chinese Taipei for a series. Yeah. They're going to host Japan for a series. We need somebody for those. And then one thing leads to another, and then I, I get into this sort of steady groove with them where I'm also doing their official podcast, covering yeah. bases, doing doing all of the, the social media features and YouTube stuff as well. Okay, that's cool. That's very cool. Um, yeah, you kind of um, answered my second question on how you got the position with USA Baseball. And it sounds just like, you know, kind of a, a minor league baseball story where, you know, you got you got an internship or, or some sort of in that you worked, you know, part-time, and then it just led into, you know, more... I know it's not really, like, full-time all year round, but it's more... You're more engulfed into USA Baseball, so so that's Yeah, awesome. and, well, and it's, it's led to some pretty cool opportunities. So in Cary at the National Training Complex this past summer, for instance we hosted the very first ever MLB draft combine. So because I was in, I've been in with this organization for a handful of years. Yeah. When this, when that, something like that comes to town, it's like, Hey, yeah, I want to be there. Can I get credentialed? And we hadn't really planned on anything, but they were like, well, while you're here, why don't you talk to some of the guys on screen for some social media hits? Yeah. So, you know, Andy Pettit's son was there, Jared. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I got to talk to him and, um, I saw several of the guys that I had called games with or for rather in the, the, the college season heading mm-hmm. into that. So it was a cool opportunity to, um, to make, make something out of what wasn't there. Right. Yeah. Um, but you're right. It's very, very minor league baseball, like in the nature in which my role happened. And actually I had a friend who had an internship with USA baseball <laughs> which was sort of my end, right? He yeah. heard that they needed somebody to broadcast a game or two, and they were like, he's like, yeah, I got a guy. And then, That's awesome. you know, it snowballs, and, and here we are. Yeah, and then, so that led to you hosting their podcast, the Covering the Bases podcast. Can you kind of explain the concept of that? Yeah, it, it's, I mean, pretty simple. I think when I started to become more involved with them, I pitched to the idea of a podcast. Oh, cool. When we talked about what we wanted it to be, to me, 
with the alumni base that we had sure. at USA Baseball, it was pretty simple. It was like, okay, let's 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 go big game hunting and just make it conversation based, right? Yeah. And just make it a, a, a series of conversations. So that to this point is what it's been. I will tell you that we're we've sort of tabled it for the time being, okay. trying to reimagine what it's going to be going forward. Um, but you know, we we went three years where. It was simply, hey, find an alum, get them on the horn, and have a conversation for okay. an hour. Um, and I think we had some some really good conversations that came out of it. It's been it's been really cool. Sure. Where can uh, people find the podcast? Was it coming out weekly? What was what was the schedule like? Yeah, we we did t- two a month. Okay. So um, typically fifteenth, thirtieth. So not necessarily every two weeks. Yeah. Um, it was really just two a month is okay. what it would be. Um, and they can go to any, anywhere you get your podcasts. It's covering the bases or USA baseball is covering the bases. You should be able to find it relatively easily. Um, and then usabaseball.com, I think still has a, a separate landing page for it as well. Okay. If, if you want to go there, but um, we got through, I think we got to 51 episodes before the most recent pause. And, okay. I mean, we'll, We'll be back. We're just trying to figure out exactly sure. what it, what we want it to be going forward. Sure. The and then you know pulling tarp pulling the tarp on the field is also covering the bases. So it's kind <laughs> of it's kind of the same thing almost, um, but but not quite. So, um, but you were talking about all of the interviews that you've done for the covering the bases podcast, and I've seen like you know a list of who you've had and there have been some awesome like amazing like names there yeah who is the coolest person that you've gotten to interview oh man this is always tough for me so we've had two hall of famers on the pod chipper jones and cal ripkin jr Mm -hmm. i am i'm 32 grew up in southwestern virginia um a lot of your listener base might know it is Appy League country. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I grew up in Appalachian League country. Okay. And because of TBS, Team of the South stuff, I mean, everybody there is a Braves fan. Oh, yeah, yep. When I played growing up. I was a middle infielder. Chipper was my guy. So that having him on was sort of surreal. And, and I re- I'll remember it forever. I introed him and started it by saying hall of famer chipper jones is now with us on covering the bases wow. and i was like chipper how does that sound is that ever going to get old and it's it's a it's a <laughs> nothing thing bobby but he referred to me as d he was like d man it's <laughs> I, it's never going to get old and i was like chipper jones just gave me a nickname yeah like how, how surreal <laughs> <laughs> that's when um, you know you've made it yeah, I mean, at least to some degree, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, so Chipper was great. Uh, Cal was awesome with just with his time and with organizing it and setting it up. And he's, I mean, everything that you hear about Cal Ripken Jr., just the best dude ever. Yeah. So being Hall of Famers, it's kind of easy to pinpoint those two. Mm-hmm. But we've had some some really, really cool talks on there as well with, like, Jim Abbott came on. Ooh, and yeah. his story is just... I, I don't have to explain it. Right. It's so inspirational. Yeah. Um, and he was really, really great with his perspective. And 
and that sort of thing. Okay. I, I like Ryan Howard, former Philly yeah. slugger. Yeah. I mean, he and his wife write children's books now. So oh, okay. It's just a, you know, he's an interesting guy. Yeah. Uh, I talked to Adam Jones when he was in Japan. So I stayed up. That's cool. And you know, it was like 1 a.m. stateside or here on the East Coast when I got on the phone with Adam and he's just waking up and like, yeah. Starting his day. So that was a cool one. Um, and of course, it being the USA Baseball podcast, got to talk to him about the catch. Yeah. He robbed Manny Machado, which is. That was I mean, amazing. It's pretty killer. Um, we've had some good ones, man. We we went on a, a little bit of a heater over the the uh, the initial quarantine summer of sure. 2020, and it felt like every single one we did was was big. Um, Mark Kotze, who I guess is going to be the A's manager now, yeah, another relatively recent guest that was was cool and, and good to have on, and um, it's been it's been fun. I could, I could go on because yeah. was, I felt like once we got it into a groove after like the first year of doing it. And they joke with me at USA Baseball, like every time we would do one, I'd be like, that's our best one yet. That's our best one yet. And I, I kept doing it every time. Oh, that's my favorite one yet. So it's it's really tough for me to pinpoint. Sure, sure. I mean, yeah, with those with that list of names, it would be tough to, yeah, to pin it down for sure. Now, do you edit that podcast too? Or do you send that to somebody who edits this is it? Gonna be, this is going to be, Bobby, the least minor league thing that's discussed on this podcast. <laughs> My role with USAB is strictly like talent. And oh. I don't know how to handle it, right? Oh, like, okay. When we do these things. We do these video shoots and whatnot. I'll do these Zooms for these for, for podcast interviews or whatever. Yeah. I do it, and then, boom, it goes over to the creative team. And oh, I, you, I mean, I'm sure anyone who has worked in minor league baseball cannot relate to that. So it's, no. <laughs> that's the least minor league thing that I will say during a during this conversation is that um, I don't edit any of it. Uh, I advise certain things. You know what I mean? Sure. I'll be like, yeah, you know, I, I tripped over this question. You know, maybe maybe I you know I restated it. Maybe you can do that. Yeah. And, um, you know, just to basic clean it up things that I know I'm aware of because I've done it. I've sure. Been on that side before um but they've got a whole multimedia team at usa baseball that makes it too easy to be honest (laughs) (laughs) i i kind of figured that but i do know you know we'll get into like you know you're the voice of men's basketball for high point university you also fill in at the durham bulls so we'll get into that um later on in the conversation but i just i just didn't know if we would you know, have conversations about editing and what, you know, all that stuff. But, um, but yeah, yeah Hey, that's a nice problem to have. Day, but, but with covering the bases specifically and anything USA baseball, it's like, Nope, <laughs> I, I don't have to. Hey. It, was, it was an adjustment for me yeah. at first too. It's a nice, it's a nice problem to have. I would imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's so cool. Uh, so obviously with, you know, high point university with, USA baseball, you have to travel a lot, right? So where has been the coolest place you've gotten to travel to professionally? Hmm. Yeah. So with USA baseball in my current position, I have not been able to travel internationally with any of the teams yet. Okay. Which is fine. I mean, I get it. I understand the reasons for it because normally when there's international play, there's a, a network of some kind or whatever that covers the broadcast, yeah. right? So I, I'm not 
I'm not terribly needed once that's the case. Okay. Um, I did get to travel. We sort of barnstormed. I mentioned the Appy League earlier. Mm-hmm. We sort of barnstormed the Appalachian League in its new format yeah. with the collegiate national team this past summer, which was cool for me because it was me and Virginia Tech's Gavin Cross. Okay. Both like we, we both grew up in the area. Mm, so it was sort yeah. of like nobody else knew what they were getting into going to, to, to Kingsport, Tennessee or, <laughs> or wherever, but like Gavin and I knew, right. Yeah. Um, so that was a cool trip and, and just being able to, to, to do so much with the team and call those games. And we started a, a little video series. It was from first to third. Yeah. Uh, basically mimicking Jay Billis's walk down the court. We, you know, we'd walk from first to third and have sure. a conversation, sort of rapid fire stuff. And okay. we did that. Um, so no, I don't think the answer to this question is going to be through USA baseball. Okay. Um, man, I, I was recently at Notre Dame for the first time Ooh. with high point. That's, that's that's a cool, cool. one to check yeah. off of the bucket list. Um, we did Texas, so I got to go to Austin and see Ooh. those facilities um, a couple of years ago with High Point. Hmm. Um, totally not sports related. I've been to Costa Rica, and that is maybe the most beautiful place I've ever <laughs> been on the planet. Yeah. Um, but sports related, work related, I don't know. Uh, it's a tough one. I, I'm I'm excited to do Rupp Arena for the very first time oh, on New Year's Eve. Mm. High Point, coached by Tubby Smith, who won a national championship there at Kentucky in '98. Right, uh, is High Point's coach. It's his alma mater. Okay, so a getting to work with him on a daily basis is incredible. He's the best. But when we go to Lexington on New Year's Eve, they're going to put his name up in the rafters. Oh at Rupp Arena. So that's like cool. there's so much in, in play there. It's New Year's Eve. It's on SEC Network. Tubby's first time back at Rupp Arena. Yeah. Um and they're gonna put his name up in the rafters. Like I mean we're talking I don't know that this is gonna happen, but it seems to me like it would be in the mix for like a Rupp Arena attendance record. Yeah. On New Year's I would think, right? Lexington, which is crazy. Um either way it's gonna be a cool it, you get Rupp Arena to checked off the, the bucket list. You get to be there with Tubby when his name is is raised up. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be a cool one. Yeah, that sounds super awesome, man. Um, the Appy League stuff that sounds really cool. Um, just because, like, you know, like Appy League stadiums aren't, you know, the state of the art you know um i was wondering how you were going to approach that (laughs) well i mean i worked in beloit wisconsin like i kind of get it like before they got the new stadium clearly so um i get it um but you know some of those teams are like really like lighting the world on fire like for instance like i am the delaware ambassador for the danville otterbots um just like they they started like this thing on twitter and was like hey we want a representative from every state and like i was the first one from delaware to be like hey i'm a danville otterbots fan um and i've had their gm austin on the show um and he's just a funny like super interesting guy um and he's a great follow on twitter too but um 
Yeah, I just love that, like, you got it. Like, when you went to Appy, like, because you're from that area, like, you knew, yeah. you knew, well, like... And I, I, I'll say this, having grown up in the area, I felt like people in that community, in those communities, made up reasons to get mad about it. Yeah. Right? And, and if you ask somebody there, they hate Rob Manfred because he took minor league baseball away, and I'm like, no, 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 you guys are missing the point. Like, there are much more substantial reasons to not like the job that Rob Manfred has done. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and minor league contraction was going to happen anyway. Yeah. So for me, I it's a scenario where I applaud, and you might say because the Appy League is in conjunction with MLB, MLB and USA yeah. Baseball, yep. I'm sort of being a company man here. <laughs> but it's also just like looking on the bright side in that – nobody went to these games in these right. communities. There weren't, there, you had your diehards, but there, there weren't actual reasons to really get excited about these teams yeah. for a long time. And, you know, there's, there are the rare examples of, okay, Wander Franco spent a week in Princeton. West sure. Virginia. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And, like, that's, that's cool and all, mm-hmm. but you can, you, you can make it more than that. And yeah. with, with the partnership with USA baseball, the idea is, we're going to spin it to where we have collegiate national team guys mm-hmm. that are from those teams and then get spit right back out to those teams once their their couple of weeks with Team USA are done. So the right. quality of play is going to be risen. Almost, oh, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to rookie ball. Yeah, you're not. Because what, what do people love about their minor league experiences? Like the, the People in Princeton, West Virginia, who saw Wander Franco play <laughs> during those two weeks, right, had no clue who he was at the time, <laughs> and maybe they had a little bit of an inkling. Yeah, but all they care about is being able to say twenty years from now that they saw him play. I deal with here in North Carolina. You oh, see yeah. it all the time with like um, the Greensboro Grasshoppers. Yeah, they're like, oh, Mariano Rivera played here, Derek Jeter played here, and it's like, yeah, those were they were buzzy minor leaguers at the time, but you had no clue. That they were they going to pan out to be that, yeah. Right. You weren't you weren't going on and on about seeing these dudes play when you saw them play. Right. So to, the chances of cool stories like that increase when you get collegiate national team guys on those rosters yeah. for a summer, right? Can you imagine, like, Spencer Torkelson a couple of years ago, had he gotten done with the collegiate national team? And, and played for the Otterbots and just been a sensation because he <laughs> yeah. mashes, right? Andrew yeah. Vaughn would have been would have been the exact same way. And we're just talking about guys who are regularly top ten, top twenty picks. Yeah. That you're that you're using to populate this league, and that won't be all of it, right? You need right. way more players than that. But it also gives a chance for local college players to make those rosters, which is gonna drum drum up some attendance and get people there. Plus the thing that I really love, you mentioned the nicknames like the Otterbots, the sock puppets. Yeah. They, you they're get to have an identity. Cool. They're Whereas so cool. <laughs> the, teams, the teams in those, in that league had to take the, their major league namesakes yep. nickname for years. Yeah. And that is, it's just another way to, to get people interested and it's mm-hmm. fun. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you being a, a, an ambassador in Delaware from <laughs> yeah. a summer collegiate team in Ver- Central Virginia, like yeah, it doesn't happen. I know if, if they're the, the Braves or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, I could I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and then you were talking about how Costa Rica is the is the prettiest place you've ever been. 
I just went on like my first real vacation, right? So, um, worked in minor league baseball for eight years. Like my dad owned the vacations owned, were non-existent. Exactly. Right? <laughs> um, my dad owned his own business growing up. So like, um, it's been a year since since my wife and I got married, and so we couldn't go on a honeymoon for a while, um, you know, because of obvious reasons. And we went to Antigua, and we got back. What was that? A week and a half ago. And okay. Whew, I've never been to Costa Rica, but Antigua was beautiful, and it was like all inclusive. So it was amazing. I'd never like thought that I would ever be anywhere where like. You know, you can just get whatever you want at the bar or at the restaurant. Like, I was ordering two entrees at every meal. I was starting to drink at 10.30 in the morning. Um, That's the way to do it. Yeah. It was was awesome. So, Antigua might give Costa Rica a run for its money, but I don't know. I'll have to go check Costa Rica out, I think. You'll have to check it out. My experience was... um... In grad school, actually, so a little bit different than like a vacationing sure. scenario. <laughs> there, for, for I went to Elon University and got a master's in interactive media. Mm-hmm. So it's a broad program, web development, uh, some audio and video production, graphic design, web design, social media, online marketing, that sort of thing. It's very broad. Yeah. But there was a, a, a study abroad component that was... Um, basically you split up into teams Mm -hmm. and you're assigned a a business internationally or whatever yeah that that needs to have a souped up online presence oh my team got assigned this sustainable organic farm just outside of san jose costa rica so we lived in a house all together for a few weeks just out just off of the farm Okay. And went to the farm every day with like, you know, cameras and, um, and, and, and that you were developing Very content cool. for them. Yeah. We built them a website, made them some promotional videos and that sort of thing. Uh, it was sweet. a, it was a really, really neat experience because yeah. they fed us too. Yeah. And again, sustainable farm, like they, they don't go out outside the farm for anything. Right. So, you know, fruits, vegetables, meats, like all that stuff. The yeah. food was phenomenal for oh, that I'm reason. Sure. Um, and then we did, you know, as a group, we, we ended up doing some exploring. We went to San Jose for a day and got a little bit more of the, what you would get on a sort of a, a, a more conventional trip sure. to there. So that, that was my Costa Rica, Costa Rica okay. experience, which again was wild and a beautiful place. Yeah. So speaking of food, I'm a big food guy, right? So in all of your traveling, what has been the best food that you've tried? Oh, it's tough to be like, if you find really good Texas barbecue, it's tough to beat that. And like I say that being in North Carolina where barbecue means something totally different. Yeah, it's a a different thing. Yeah, completely. Um, And I love that too. It has its place. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, it would probably, probably be something barbecue related okay. in Texas, which right. is, um, I'm trying to think. I love food. So like there are yeah. so many that I guess could be in this category. Um, hmm. The food in Costa Rica for sure. Of yeah. course. I love pizza. I've also been to Italy. Ooh. And there's good. So 
a Texas barbecue. Okay. It's, it's, there was a there was a spot. I wish I could remember the name of it. There was a spot in Austin that we went um, prior to the High Point game at Texas a couple of years ago, which was just incredible. Right. Um, so it was good. Been to some spots like in the Dallas Fort Worth area too that are good. Right. Um, okay. That's a that's a good category if you can right. get into the wheelhouse. I like it. I like it. So you've broadcasted a ton of games, right? So out of all the games you've broadcasted, what has been your most memorable moment that you've gotten to call? So you're catching me in like a in a baseball frame of mind, which not that that isn't me ninety yeah. percent of the time. It doesn't it have to December, be, it, but it is December. It's basketball season, but yeah. In the current baseball frame of mind that I'm in, there have been some cool ones, okay. um, including, man, anytime you do an inter- a, an international game with Team USA, like e- even if it's an exhibition, it's just like a friendly sort of sure. thing. That, you know, a couple of summers ago, pre-COVID, the collegiate national team played a series against the Japanese okay. national team. Mm-hmm. And we typically we don't we don't always do the barnstorming of an entire league like we did this past summer with the collegiate guys. But right. often we'll play you know at Durable's Athletic Park. We'll play a game in Charlotte at now Truest Truest Ballpark. Okay. I think, yeah. BB Ballpark um, where the Charlotte Knights play, and that place is beautiful. Yeah. Um, it's right in Uptown. You get from the booth. It's the most insane view from a booth ever because of the skyline and every time you go there's a new building and a crane <laughs> and it's just it's just becoming more and more every time you see it right um there was a game on on the 4th of July okay there that Adley Rutschman had just joined the collegiate national team day days maybe maybe 2 days after winning it all in Omaha mm-hmm. um and it was this I mean, it was just a, such a great game. The Japanese pitcher, um, I'm forgetting his first name, Matamoto was his last name. And I thought he was going to be the next Yu Darvish at the time. Okay. He's, he's, he's had a good career in Japan. Every now and then I'll check in on him. He's had yeah. a good career, but I, I thought he was going to be insanely good. He was mm-hmm. only 19 years old at the time. and um, He had thrown something like a hundred pitches and we had a close to an hour rain delay. Okay. And he comes back out oh. and just keeps dealing. Okay. And he, str- he struck out 11 Bobby and, and went like eight <laughs> innings combined. <laughs> and so it's a, it's a tie game. I believe it, it big stakes. Right. And Adley Rutschman comes in to pinch hit. He just got his uniform like two hours ago. Yeah, comes in to pinch hit, and of course he just makes it look easy and grooves one out to the wall in dead center field and gets an RBI double to either tie it or put put us up, and um, that's one that comes to mind for okay. sure. Just because the packed house Fourth of July, anytime we do that with Team USA with the collegiate team, um, it always sells out. Sometimes we do it at the DBAP in Durham, and um, there's always fireworks. It's just cool. It's a cool, oh, yeah. one of my favorite nights of the year based on yeah. what we, we regularly do. Um, and I called, <laughs> this is another one that comes to mind, and I keep tabs on this guy too because he's about to be a dual sport guy at Mississippi State. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, it, 
I was so USA baseball for as sort of like a feeder to their national team trials has an event called national team identification series. Okay. And it's the closest thing we get to like a little league world series. You get Uh, all-star squads from regions. Okay. They wear it across, you know, they've got USA, USA baseball branded shirts that say, uh, Southwest or, or whatever on it. Northeast, that sort of thing. Yeah. So this dude from the Southeast, Keelan Parnell, is his name. Okay. At the 13 U age level, walked a game off by stealing home. Oh, <laughs> goodness. Wow. And I'll never forget it because, I mean, it was bold. Yeah. He, he... I mean, <laughs> incredible. So now he's, again, he's committed to Mississippi State. Okay. And he's going to play football and baseball there. And he's like a stud, Gosh. which makes me. Like, it's so cool to be able to see that a moment like that when he's a, just a kid. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, okay, cool. He's he, he's going to be this insane athlete at the collegiate level. He'll be the next Kyler Murray. Oh, I don't know whether yeah, right. or not I should yeah. play baseball or football. I don't know how I'm going to become a millionaire, you know? Yeah, which, which, which way? Yeah. <laughs> um, so you were talking about Adley Rutschman. And so I worked for the Delmarva Shorebirds. That was my last... Um, team that I worked for and I worked there in 2019 which was the year that Adley was there and I want to hear your thoughts and you know I live here in Birdland basically I'm in I'm in Delaware southern Delaware right on the border of Maryland Um, and so everybody you know that I know is an Orioles fan and I tell people well number one I tell people that I think the Orioles could be contenders in like five to six, seven years because they have a great farm system. If they don't trade it all away, you know, whatever. But I also tell people, and now keep in mind that I've only worked at the A-ball level. So, but I've always worked in the press box, so I've always been able to watch the games. I've told people that I think Adley Rutschman is the best catcher Offensively, defensively, everything, you know, that I've ever seen before. What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, also a, a, a past guest on covering the okay. bases. Also, also a dual sport guy. He was yes. a kicker at Oregon State. A punter, a the punter. Or, yeah, a punter who did kickoffs. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Um, get this, I don't know if it was his only career tackle, but he tackled in a game against Stanford, Christian McCaffrey. I did see that video. Yeah. Yeah. And I asked him about it and he would, he had no, you know, he was like, at the time I had no clue. So it's, he's, he's like, it's funny to go back and watch it now. Right. <laughs> like the two, the two know each other just as like Pac-12 legends, I guess. They're okay. Just, they get in those circles. I don't know how that yeah. happens. Um, I think he's good. I, I think he's potentially all timer good. Yeah. Um, and he's he he's got such a good approach, and he's so smart. And yeah. just he's he's at the college level, it was always clear he was two steps ahead. Sure. And then he gets to play in pro ball, and he's just immediately hitting with the best of them. Yep. Um, I kept waiting for his call up to AAA this year, and it just seemed like it was never going to come. I did several. I did several Tides Bulls series. Okay, it just kept waiting for it. I was like, "Man, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get Adley. I'm gonna get Adley in one of these games. It right. never happened." Yeah. Um. So he's 
I'll, I would be shocked if he was not at the very least a long, solid, all-star caliber player. Right. Um, and, and again, sustaining an, a long career. Um, he's, he's just, he's got the pedigree athletically, like his entire family were, were either oh. f- football players or baseball players or, or whatever. Yep. Um, he's smart, knows how to treat his body. So I think he's going to last a long time. Um, similarly, I've got Orioles friends who I've been saying since they hired Mike Elias, I was like, look, they're the, they're the new Astros. Just yeah. give it till 2025. I yep. think I said a few years ago. And it was like, and then they're in, they're a contender. So, yeah. um, I, maybe maybe they're on that track. Maybe it'll take a little bit longer. Yeah. But I think they're going to be good. Yeah. I do too. Um, it's, yeah, they have, especially with their pitching, they've got Grayson Rodriguez, they've got D.L. Hall, um, they've got Michael Bauman, and then, and then they also have, you know, Caden Grenier at shortstop, they got guys like Adley, um, who, yeah. you know, can single-handedly, you know, hold, hold you at catcher for a very long time, um, so... Um, as long as they don't trade my guy Cedric Mullins, I saw that yes. rumor. That's crazy talk. I know. Crazy talk. I know. Get out of here. That 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 would be actually crazy. You're right. <laughs> You're right. Um, so let's see here. Um, so, what is the best story that you can tell from traveling with USA Baseball? I I'll, I'll tell. Uh, I've got two from this past summer with USAB. Um, One's probably a funniest, and one is just like my favorite. Okay. Um, there, there is a pitcher at Mississippi State, Landon Sims. Who's, okay. You know, going to be a, a first rounder. He's won a College World Series. I mean, he's a stud. Yeah. Um, he was on the collegiate national team, and um, there was an Ole Miss catcher. Hold on. Why am I blanking on his name? Ole Miss catcher. Hold up. <laughs> um, Ole Miss. Hayden Dunhurst? Dunhurst, that's it. Why was I thinking something else? Um, <laughs> Ole Miss catcher. All right, so I'll, I'll start that sentence over. Yeah, so yeah. Mississippi State pitcher Landon Sims won College World Series with them. He's going to be a first-rounder, just an absolute stud. Yeah. Um he was on the collegiate national team. And then there was an, a catcher from Ole Miss named Hayden Dunhurst, who was also on the team. So this is one of my favorite things about the way we do the collegiate national team. Yeah. Okay. Is that these two dudes on a surface level are, are like taught to hate each other. <laughs> one's at Mississippi state, one's at Ole Miss. Right. right? I mean, it, it's, and especially the way as tenacious as the rivalries down in the SEC are, right? You're just sort of conditioned to, to, to not care much <laughs> for this guy, just right. based solely on that one biographical fact. Well, these two didn't really know each other mm-hmm. until they got to the collegiate national team. And of course, they're, they're like palling around a lot. They're forced to because Landon's a pitcher. Hayden is a catcher, so they're they're with each other a lot, mm-hmm. and even in game settings, they're they're competing together yeah. a lot. So we get to our final bus ride. We're done with the series. Um, 
against the Olympic team because the collegiate the guys from the collegiate national team were the tune up games okay. for the Olympic squad this past summer, which was a cool experience yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, so we get final bus ride. Those two were done, you know, for the for Team USA, and they're just going to take the rest of the summer off and get ready for their their coming season. And um, I just I overhear Landon say to Dunhurst, he's like, "Yeah, I guess we." I guess we uh, got to go back to hating each other, huh? <laughs> and uh, That's good. It, it was just this cool thing because they, it spiraled into this conversation of, you know, Landon is a very, very smart guy who, who sort of is, I, you can tell he's kind of psychological in nature. He's always sort of analyzing people, which yeah. is something I appreciate about him. And he <laughs> looks over at Kyle Teal from, from UVA, Virginia, and was like, I used to hate this dude based only on what I saw him do on TV. And Teal, if you remember, is the one he lost his helmet on yeah. riding one time. And he, you know, he's got just he's very animated and right. um rubs some people the wrong way in Omaha. But it's just him, he's goofy. Yeah. And Landon's point was, well, now that I got to know him, like, I love this guy. <laughs> and and if he was on my team, like we would be best friends and we would hang out and all that sort of so that's just it was like a conversation that I overheard from those guys that reminded me of just how cool it is to bring them all together for the yeah. national team. And then who knows, man? Like Landon and Hayden might be a battery in in professional baseball yeah. someday. So mm-hmm. it's, it's stuff like that happens, and it's it's um, it's cool to see the the funnier story and i don't even know how much of this i I should be saying (laughs) so todd frazier was on the olympic team yep and he and i had done some some zoom style interviews in the past not for covering the bases oddly enough some other things um so i'd gotten to know him from a distance like Uh, on a zoom screen right um so we finally get to meet in person when he's with the olympic team and carrie and they had a photo shoot before one of their games and so i'm there early with my broadcast partner kyle and um we're up in the booth just sort of getting things set up and uh there are our female employees for usa baseball so todd is looking for somewhere to change because the photo includes a uniform that he's not going to be wearing for the game so he's got the he's got to swap from from his whites to his grays or whatever the case was he pops his head in he's like hey darren can i I change in here like i'm like (laughs) Well, there's a glass window facing out to the field, but and I look out just to make sure. I'm just like, I, I mean, I guess like you're going to be covered from the waist down right. for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> then we swap places, and Todd hops in there, <laughs> and um, he had he had it, it made some jokes with Kyle, and uh, it was a throwaway comment that he was just like, "Yeah, I'll leave you something special in there," just like joking, right? Right. And he meant nothing by it. So. <laughs> He, few few minutes pass. He comes out. He's like, "Thanks, guys. I'll see you." He runs, scurries back down, and Kyle and I get back into the booth to settle in. And I, I roll out my chair, and underneath the the surface where my my book and my my uh, computer are and stuff, I see there's there's like baby powder down on the floor. Well, you know, Todd's dusting himself up, right? right? Making make, <laughs> making sure things are intact and all that fun <laughs> stuff. And then Kyle looks at his spot, and this is the part where I'm not even sure what I should say or what I shouldn't, but I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Kyle looks down at his part, part of the, the desk, I'll call it there, and there's like a little, there's a little round pill. Okay. <laughs> to, 
one thing leads to another. Turns out we get a call from a frantic Todd Frazier about 15 minutes later because it's something he needed. I think, I think Adderall. Oh, um, okay. Maybe. Might be prescribed, might not. I don't know. Todd, okay. if I'm not supposed to say that, I'm sorry. Well, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, but because of his comment to Kyle, we were just like, wait, was he, was he serious? That he was going to leave you something? <laughs> yeah. That's, oh gosh. That is really funny. Wow. I don't know. I don't know if he's, if he's prescribed it, if he's eight, I mean, hell, we all could use it at some point. Oh, yeah. Especially after the past couple of years, like, we're all finding out how ADHD we really are. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> I'm a firm believer that that at least all men are somewhat ADHD. I'm, I, yeah, I could. I would hear that argument. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, that's what I think, but... That's that's actually a really funny story. Oh man! So you do work in minor league baseball in some aspect. You fill in for the Durham Bulls every now and then. So what what's that like? Yeah, it's been a great opportunity. I got asked to do it this past summer for the first time ever. Okay, um, and ended up doing close to fifty games oh, for okay. them. It's effectively, they're number two. Yeah, they don't they don't have a. A, a structure within like their number one broadcaster, Patrick Keenis, isn't even a, a full-time employee. Of oh, okay. Closer to, I don't, I don't know his exact setup, but he's closer to what I would be as their number two as sort of a contractor. Okay. Um, because you know, they have separate media people and it, whereas elsewhere, you know, the media relations person is going to be lumped into the, play-by-play person it's all right. gonna be one they've got it divvied up the responsibilities a little bit more there yeah um so i got asked to do it for this summer he does a, a lot of olympics coverage for nbc sports oh cool um, with it being an olympics summer he missed like an entire month yeah um so it was cool man like the very first game i did for them was on a, a wednesday in july wednesday in june because i did a, a series in june before doing the entire month of July, basically. Um, the very first was a, a Wednesday game, and Wander Franco hit a home run. Hey, first yeah. Bulls game I ever called. And, <laughs> like, I was like, okay, cool, I'm done here. Yeah. Like, I can I can go now. I'm, I'm satisfied. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, it's – and for me, interestingly enough, with the USA Baseball stuff, I've done tons of summer collegiate baseball. I do a lot of college baseball, particularly mm-hmm. in the ACC. Um, I had ne- I had never called affiliated baseball before oh. until this past summer. And the, cool. I, I, it's like, okay, your first game is with the, I, the, the most iconic minor league team there is. Yep. And in the first game, the, the number one prospect in all the baseball gets a home run mm. and i just again it's stupid it's dumb luck bobby because like <laughs> they were maybe the best minor league team ever this yeah. summer i got to do a lot of their games and see a lot of cool things um yeah it mm. was it was it was a wild awesome awesome experience coupling that with the usa baseball stuff this That's summer cool. um so it's been it's been it's been good man and I, i've loved the bulls since i've been in raleigh and in this area in North Carolina for eight years now. That's um, good. And I've, I've gone to a lot of Bulls games as a fan. I love that team and love that 
ballpark. So <laughs> it was it was cool to sort of um, to uh, you know see it from from that different perspective. Yeah, I would I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I've I worked in minor league baseball for eight years, and I went to my first Shorebirds game as a fan this past year, and I was and like I got a beer, and I was like what am I supposed to do now? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like I've never been, I haven't been on this side of the, um, of the press box in a long time. So yeah. Did you find yourself, did you find yourself observing things? Yeah. Like you would as an employee or whatever. Like, and I don't, I know you've done a lot for minor league baseball teams, but would you have ever like, monitored game day staff or assigned them certain things yeah you know the 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 way one greets you you're just like well you know (laughs) yeah you know thinking in your head how you would advise somebody who's like working for your team or whatever yeah like with the shorebirds like i did a lot of social media and i designed everything that went on the video board and ran the video board during the games and stuff like that so like a lot of times i was just like yeah, that's not the way it's supposed to work, or, or yeah, so you know, you're way in tune with with yeah. uh, presentation type stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but it it was cool though. Um, you know, and they have like they it's new. They have like a walk around um, concourse. So like I I had a, f- a few beers and you know kind of just walked around and yeah, got the steps in right. Yeah, it was it was awesome um but yeah never been on that side of the press box you know really before as a fan so it was it was cool though um that's cool yeah um so i know with usa baseball and um you know probably not even the bulls really but do you have you i'm gonna ask this question have you ever pulled tarp yeah no for okay. sure and that was it's i mean with USA Baseball, I'm contracted. With the Bulls, I'm contracted. They actually would prefer I don't because of liability reasons. Right. But I also played baseball for a, a while. Played two years in college. Okay. Played some summer collegiate ball. So like, I have pulled my fair t- my fair share of tarp, no doubt about okay. it. Okay. <laughs> so, do you have any crazy tarp stories? Either one that you participated in, or one that you called from the booth. Yeah, um, I'm trying. We've seen a couple of people get eaten up from the booth. Um, yeah. Unfortunate circumstances. You know what happens. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, as a player, so in high school, I, I grew up in a very rural area. Again, Appy League country. Sure. And uh, our high school baseball field was not ideal. It was not premier. Or- uh, anything of the like. We had a dirt, an old dirt infield until my senior year of high school. Not only was that the case, we operated with a very old tarp. The coach was in denial that it had holes in it. So <laughs> you can imagine we we roll out this tarp onto an old dirt infield for no reason. <laughs> After we discovered the holes, we were like, okay, this is pointless. What we're right. doing and exerting energy toward is not going to do this field any favors. (laughs) Um, So that's my earliest tarp experience was with high school. They did get a grass infield and a new tarp by the time I was a senior. Okay. Um, I like to joke and not really jokingly, but pretty seriously that my, our team performance improved uh, 
I'm I sure. Think, especially defensively in the infield. Right, I would think. <laughs> no coincidence there yeah. to me as far as I'm concerned. Um, and then, I, I, not a crazy story, but I did a summer. I was play-by-play and director of media relations for the Moorhead City Marlins in the Coastal Plain League. So okay. It's on the coast of North Carolina. Um, they're now two, two-time Coastal Plain League champions Ooh. since I've done that, which... Dang annoys me because we were really good that summer too um (laughs) couldn't quite get it um but there was a it it being on the coast you get some in the summer man like nasty storm uh storm fronts that come through and i i mean i'm a kid from the mountains like i i don't i didn't quite know how to gauge weather coming sure in that fashion so i I was just doing what I was told. I didn't really know what to expect in certain scenarios. They're like, oh, yeah, we're about to get dumped on. I'm just like, okay, come on. We're going to full start. Like, I played. I've done this plenty. This is not a big deal. Yeah. Although, there were only, like, four of us doing it for, That's for some of those, which is rough. Yeah. So we get the tarp out, and about midway through, again, it's the, I think, four, five, six of us. Team owner, to his credit, would pull tarp. Um, hey, that's, former player in the CPL that he got it. He yeah. was like the also the head of the grounds crew on oh, game nights. Okay, he would do all of the the you know owner type stuff during the day. But what he really loved to do when it was game time was he wasn't you know schmoozing with people or whatever. He, he was, was like the head of the grounds crew. Okay, like forever he'll have my respect. For all that. right, yeah, so, me too. So including him. There were six of us pulling the start. We get about midway through. It actually wasn't even the Marlins season yet. We're hosting a JUCO tournament the okay. week before the Marlins players are coming in. Mm. So it's like consecutive days of play, and um, if we just start, it gets we we get dumped on, absolutely dumped on midway through this tarp pull. So we we scurry and get it set, and um, it's down, and and we like sort of manage the situation. But by that point, we're all soaked. Yeah. So I don't even remember exactly how it happened. It was just sort of a, like a you make eye contact and you nod. And the next thing you know, we're, like we're all slip and slide <laughs> on the tarp. Um, and it was one of the first nights we were there. I mean, you know, for a, a new summer, like you get a new group of people coming together as the front office and that yeah. sort of thing. It was like kind of a cool, okay. Oh, yeah. Like, we're going to have fun this summer moment. And we just like, we, we were out there for an hour while it poured rain on us, treating the tarp as a slip and slide. Which might, you know, probably not best for what's going on underneath the tarp, but it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if you could get away with that in an affiliated ball. Um, right. <laughs> but in, in summer collegiate ball um, or, um, you know, I guess that was professional baseball. So I guess you can, you can get away with that though. For sure, so, with some indie ball stuff. So, all right, yeah, those are those are some great stories. Um, I so I was. I say doing research, but also that's, I mean, I was creeping, um, but I was on, I was on your LinkedIn and I went super deep into, into your experiences, um, and your jobs. 
And I saw that at 20 years old, you were a reality TV show host. And it was like a it was like a local reality TV show. Um and this was kind of like I, I mean I know you were in college at that point, but like this was kind of like your in as far as like broadcasting and stuff on on like on TV or, or radio or what have you. But so kind of it's like, a good eye. It's a good it's a good find. Yeah, because not thank a lot you. of people like see this to yeah. ask me about it or anything and i dive um, deep i dive deep yeah. man. so I, I appreciate it i this came <laughs> up the other day actually oh um i was talking who was i talking i was talking to a friend and, and this came up because I, I pulled a screenshot from this and i was explaining that i used to have like beaver fever hair and this was <laughs> the best illustration that i could find was a clip of me doing this show wow so I was 20 years old, you're right. I was doing campus TV and radio at Emory and Henry College where I went to school. Uh-huh. But that had been it at, at that point. You know, I, in high school, I played sports. Again, rural area. We didn't really have chances to do play-by-play for sports of, of any kind. And um, I uh, was found by these guys that were running this production company. <laughs> they saw me on a what's supposed to be like a comedic segment on campus tv we, we called it the rant okay and basically you just write a couple minutes long just like a, a funny quippy little thing ranting about something and for me i never liked actually ranting about things i just it would be like faux rage and i would have funny parallels that i would make with it that sort of thing um because otherwise i don't think people want to watch people be angry it's just not good tv yeah um, and I, even at 20 i, I tried to be aware of that and realize that so they reach out to my professor and they're like hey we'd love for him to host this and i'm like okay cool yeah and i didn't even ask but she was like and they're gonna pay and at 20 years old like i've never been paid to do anything yeah right no just off of the virginia creeper trail so it's about a 30 minute drive from campus i went over a summer is when they had me come in and do it. It's a town of Damascus, Virginia. Okay. And it's a, it's actually, it's a small town, actually a cool little spot. I, I volunteered and helped coach their high school baseball team oh. here when I was in undergrad too. Um, but it's, it's again, very, there's a bicycle shop downtown, a mass to general store, like very much that kind of, you know, border, like kind of crunchy, but a cool mountain town. Yeah. Um, so I go to, I'm told to go to the master general store, or that's the address that I'm given. Okay. So I go and they explain that there's a, a, an outdoor set of steps on the side of the, the store. So don't go in the storefront, go up these steps. Okay. So I go up there and it's the second floor of the master general store. They've sure. got it partitioned to where you can see the half that's still being used as a store. There's okay. like racks of life is good shirts or whatever. Oh, okay. And yeah. then on, on the side that I entered on, there is with its back to the partition, like this it, it very presidential looking set with the big wooden desk. There's a pencil holder with a tiny American flag hanging <laughs> out of it. 
because it turns out this production company was doing ads for the guy that owned the Mass General store who was running for some sort of local oh, office. Oh, okay. So they used, they used part of his store like as their studio. Okay. So opposite that, it was an exposed ceiling and like there's a there's piping along the ceiling and they they had hung a green screen from it. Oh boy. <laughs> so, long story short, all of this all of this video for this reality show was in the can. Like they had wow. gone out to the creeper trail and done this thing. It was like a survivor slash amazing race type thing with okay. local people on a local trail. And they used backbone rock, which is a hiking trail and a big structure um, nearby that people know of to, to, to sort of be the, the site of their final challenge. Type yeah. thing. So I did two days of reading off of a prompter watching these people that I'd never met in my life, but they wanted me to make jokes about them, right? Oh. As if, like I was, as if I had been getting to know them with the viewer, okay. Jeff Probst style, um, which was an <laughs> odd experience, right? Yeah. So, like to this day, there are people that I, I like have punchlines directed at that I've never met that were on that <laughs> show. <laughs> Um, so it was two days of two days of green screen work, which was again at the time I had never done any of that. I hadn't read yeah. any prompter before. Um, so there was two days of that. Uh, they took me to Pizza Plus for lunch each day. They paid me five hundred bucks to do it, and it hey. aired on the CW in in the Johnson City, Tennessee market, and that was my that was my first TV gig. And actually, there was a guy on that show. Ralph Kaiser ended up going on Survivor like another year or two later. Oh, um, so wow. he's Red beard, yeah, sort of a goofy bumpkin type on Survivor. I don't know what season. I'm, I'm okay. not a Survivor fan necessarily, but um, that he he was a connection. And then I ended up working with Johnny Fairplay uh, when I got to Roanoke, Virginia, okay. because he also, in addition to his many other things was an advertising sales rep for the local ESPN radio affiliates there. So for a stretch there, I had some mad survivor ties. It was weird. That, that is weird. Um, but it sounds pretty badass too. Honestly, like it's cool to be able to say that I did it. Yeah, sure. Exactly. Wow. That is, that is a really cool experience. I don't know how they expected you to make jokes about people like that. You've never met or had a conversation with. I told them that. I even told that man, like, I was like, well, I don't know Dottie. Like, what, what do you want me to say about Dottie? And, th- and they were out on the trail with these people. So they, the two of them had gotten to know them. So they sort of knew what was going to play and what, like, what they would be okay with me saying and yeah. things like that. So at least that's how I gathered it. Yeah. Um, to this day, I've never met a single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Wow. Um, so, again, I was I was creeping slash researching and so i have a bone to pick with you i know that a picture speaks a thousand words right but why don't you ever put any captions on your instagram posts (laughs) that drives me wild man all right so i was a like a laggard when it comes to instagram i didn't get it until you know a handful of years ago which by that point seemed like everybody had been on it forever Yeah. Um, mainly because people would say things about the medium that I wouldn't understand its purpose. 
Okay. Uh, once it started to evolve, and it's like, oh, you can put videos on here with a caption. I'm like, I, I, I was way in on Twitter pretty early, so I was like, yeah, I can do that on Twitter. Like, yeah. What, what do I need Instagram for? For right? sure. Yeah. If, yep. if, if all we were going to do was make Facebook, Instagram, Twitter all, all like the same thing, why we, why do we have three of them? You right. Know? I agree. Um, that sort of was my stance. So when I got on Instagram finally, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take what I like about this medium and use it that way. Okay. So um, I'm trying, I, I, you might see my most recent post was not what you're talking about. I had a, I had a, an anti-selfie stance for a long time at the beginning of my Instagram tenure and an anti-caption stance for okay. a long time. But now I, I think it can be more fluid. Like I'll probably yeah. post some things that are just a picture and it's ambiguous or I'll probably post some updates because I do realize that I, I'm not on Facebook either. So for a lot of people, that's like, that right. those are their touch points with me to like check in and stuff. So I'm sure. trying to be a little bit more conscious of that. And again, <laughs> at some point, somebody's probably going to want me to do a little bit more like quote work related <laughs> things. Yeah. It like when I interviewed Cal for the podcast, I put a video up and yeah. a clip of that on there. And that right. was like the first ever thing that I put on there that wasn't, you know, a view from a broadcast booth or an arena or just something, a tree or yeah. whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, okay. I mean, for a while, I I sort of pawned it off on like, oh, I'm just bad at Instagram. I don't really care to get good at it. Like, <laughs> but that's that's not it at all. I just, I I just, if if we're doing pictures and videos with captions there, then what makes it different from all the other stuff? So I, I, I choose agree. to make it sort of my my visual social media. Yeah, I I agree to it to a certain extent, but like. And and you're right, like, most of the places, like, especially if it's a ballpark, like, I can look at that and be like, oh, that's a such and such a ballpark. But, like, there are some things I was just like, I have no idea what this is, but it looks cool. So, yeah, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll go with I that. Like that they, you can tag, like, where you are now. I think yeah. that helps my cause. Oh, right? for like sure. I put, a, I put up a, a, a cool shot of something. It at least helps people to be like, oh, he's here. <laughs> For sure. Yep, that definitely helps. Um, so, Darren, where can the listeners find you on social media and online? Um, yeah, there's new, there's lots of different places, but just kind of spell yeah, that out. Yeah, um, I mean, the best way is going to be Twitter. I'm yep. there way more often, um, but I do have a distinct name, so I'm, I'm just at Darren Bott on everything, I think. Okay. Um, D-A-R-O-N-V-A-U-G-H-T. Um, it's my Twitter handle. It's my Instagram handle. I don't know that there's anywhere else really. I, I, I have a TikTok. It's for viewing only. I haven't delved into that yet. Okay. Maybe one day. Yep. Um, but yeah, no Twitter and Instagram would be probably the main two. And, and the covering the bases podcast. Yeah. And USA baseball is covering the bases. Um, you know, on my Twitter, in my Twitter bio, there's a link tree. You can find yep. like, I don't know, some some of my work we did a, a handful of episodes for a tubby smith show at high point too which is some pretty cool yeah cool stuff cool. there long long form conversations with him and, and some of his coaching friends okay. um, there's other stuff included in there and like i said the link tree if you you dig deep enough like like bobby you're, you're gonna you're gonna realize <laughs> that uh oh he did this and then maybe maybe you'll be able to dig up some some old video where i've <laughs> not worked out my mountainous twang and i've got bieber hair hey that's okay so 
if if you look back far enough i you know like growing up as a kid like i always wanted to be on espn right and as a as an athlete that was never going to happen but i was an intern for sports science on espn and we always tried to tape it so that nobody besides the athlete was ever in the shot but f- for whatever re- i was i was setting up the, like the vertical leap um thing you know where they have like the panels and like they they slap, yeah, they slap they, they, that's, that's that's how yeah. they measure the vertical leap well um i got i was they couldn't edit me out or anything like that out of one scene so the sports science episode that Tristan Thompson is in um he was leaving Texas to go to the draft that year and um so I am in I made it on Sports Center um for for about 2 seconds and you can go to YouTube and find this like every nice. once in a while like I'll I'll tell somebody about it and they don't believe me but um and then so my my wife doesn't pay attention to sports at all right and but she knows who Tristan Thompson is because like of his affiliation with like the Kardashians and reality TV oh, and stuff like that. Yeah, that's right. And I, I started to be like, oh yeah, because because of this story. No, nope. no, nope. no, be, <laughs> because of him in the tabloids and and all that stuff. Yeah. And and she she actually thinks it's pretty cool. She's like she's like who would have thought like you know at that point Tristan Thompson was nineteen years old. Like he was. Yeah, he was. Dude. Yeah, and he was like about ready to get drafted. He was like the nicest person in the world, and then you know he, he you know ruined his life by dating a Kardashian and all that. But um, but yeah, so my wife actually thinks that's pretty funny. But so so yeah, if you if you dig back far enough, you can you can find stuff on both of us, man. <laughs> nice, yep. Um, so I end the ep- every episode with the same question. Um, and you're frozen there. Oh, now you're good. You're good. So, what has been the best walk-up or warm-up song you've heard in your baseball career? And whose was it? My longest-running and favorite, personally, from what I played, was Self-Esteem by The Offspring. So, okay. that one's got sort of a special place in my heart. And I do have a good appreciation for walk-up music. Uh, I played with a guy in college who insisted on it being something stupid every time. He wanted to disarm the opposing team and the pitcher and that sort of thing. So uh, he walked up our sophomore year, I believe, to What is Love, like from Night at the Roxbury. Good song. And when you do that, you look across to the opposing dugout and they start bobbing their head to the song and you know you got them. Like that was his argument. He was like, if I see a dugout doing that, or like a pitcher crack a smile, like they're toast. I got them. <laughs> like that's mission accomplished yes. with that song. Yes. He's like, there's nothing an intimidating song can offer that is going to catch them off guard. Yeah. Right. If it's if it's if it's what you conventionally think a, a good walk up song to be, then <laughs> it's gonna, it's going to be expected. Right. Yeah. It's expected that you have a good walk up song. But oh, yeah. Put something ridiculous in there. Like he had the Backstreet Boys one year. Um, it was he was good at that, and it worked to, a, to whatever degree that it worked because you know you could tell it just 
it was the only song of any of ours that affected the other team. Right. Um, I like, so Patrick Bailey was an NC State catcher now in the San Francisco Giants organization. Okay. Collegiate national team guy as well. Um, first rounder, switch hitting catcher. It's actually kind of a shame that he's in the same system as Joey Bart because I think they're going to have oh. to put him elsewhere. Yeah. Um, or, or send him to another team if, if, because he's he's done, he's done really well and factors into uh, eventual big league plans. Okay. Um, so he, I oh, I don't know what it was. It's a good song. I can't say it's like they're a favorite. Tame Impala is not like a, a a a favorite group of mine. But for whatever reason, he came out to a song called "The Less I Know, The Better," and it just hit. Like okay. it was just it. It's a good walk-up song, and he kept it his entire NC State career. When he would play on collegiate on the collegiate national team, he requested it for those games. Right. So I, I actually don't know the answer to this. I'd love to know if he's still using it in his okay. pro career. Um, but it was just it, it you 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 came to associate that song with him, and vice versa. Yeah, which is you know part of part of a good one, right? I mean, yeah, walkout music for. Mariano Rivera is, uh, you know, inner Sandman, duh. Everybody right. associates that with him. I can think of going to Braves games when I was younger and the numb encore Lincoln Park Jay Z oh, mashup that was amazing. is what Marcus Giles used to walk up to. Absolutely. And in Atlanta, you would go to games and everybody's screaming when, when that part hits. Now, what the hell are you waiting for? Like, yeah. everybody's singing it. So, like, that's one I associate with him. That's okay. a good one. Um, so, the Tame Impala with Patrick Bailey is is one that's, like, deep into the memory well. All right. Awesome. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. We're going to close out the episode with that song. And uh, people can find that on the Pulling Tart Podcast walk-up song playlist on Spotify. Um, so... Darren, this was great, man. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your evening to come on to the Pulling Tart Podcast. Really appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much, and uh, best of luck um, You know, moving moving forward with USA Baseball and High Point and filling in with the Durham Bulls, too. Yeah, thanks, man. It's, uh, it's, it's a lot of moving parts, but they're all really, really good moving parts. Yeah, so, uh, absolutely. Cool, cool spot to be in, but... I appreciate the time and uh, and the, the the conversation. Happy holidays, best to you and and you and your wife. And um, thank you. And uh, happy new year and all that good stuff too. Yeah, happy holidays to you as well. And uh, yeah, just thank you so much. Listen to the Pulling Tarp Podcast, distributed by Stoveleg Media. Make sure you check out our page at stoveleg.com to learn more about Bobby and the rest of the show. Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation.